Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. All Texans have the ability to slow the transmission of this virus, washing your hands regularly. What Wall Street's trying to do is adjust just how hard are these companies going to get hit and how long is it going to take to come back. There is the potential for it to spread very rapidly. However, we have very powerful, very effective tools to combat that. In just two months, coronavirus has gone from an unrecognized, unthought-about word to the most talked-about topic in the world. And as days pass, more cases are confirmed. We wonder what's next. And in the back of our minds, will it affect us or somebody we love? This is KRLD In-Depth. I'm John Little. We're going to break down COVID-19 from several different angles. How is the preparation going at the local and state levels for a potential outbreak in Texas? It's obviously affected our money as well. So what should we do with our stocks when the fears over the virus are creating these wild swings? South by Southwest now shut down because of coronavirus fears. There's a lot to talk about. Let's start here. What we've learned about this strain of the coronavirus. KRLD's Chris Summers sat down with Stephen Love, CEO of the DFW Hospital Council, to find out what we know. You know, I think what we've learned are a couple of things. First and foremost, we know it's extremely contagious. No question about it. The second thing I think we've learned is, according to the experts, many of the people that sometimes contract this virus may not show the symptoms and may not even realize that they have the virus. In fact, many of the leading health experts say that 80% of the people could have the virus and not really get seriously ill. Unfortunately, we've also learned not only from what we've seen in China, but what we've seen, for example, in Washington State. People that are elderly, have chronic illness, have any underlying issues such as obesity, which would, would impact your breathing, they are more susceptible to being much sicker and unfortunately potentially die. What are the important things we still do not know about COVID-19? I think a couple of the things, and we learned it in uh, Washington State, is they still weren't sure how it went through the community. They were still looking to see, can we tie this back to something from another country? where it came in, how did it circulate, and I think the other thing, and it happened right here in Texas, was where an individual was under quarantine and actually tested negative twice, 
then went into the community and tested positive. And as you well know, the mayor of San Antonio, and rightfully so, was concerned. And Governor Abbott, I thought, really had some very good suggestions. Uh, Instead of waiting 24 hours between the tests, let's go to 48. And instead of doing two tests, why don't we do three? So, you know, I think when you really look at this, Chris, this is an evolving situation. We're learning more and more. You know, I'm an old guy. I remember Legionnaire's disease. I remember SARS. I remember H1N1. I remember all of that. And we learned a little bit as time went on. And unfortunately, sometimes that unknown scares people. Stephen Love with the DFW Hospital Council. I also had a chance to speak with Dr. Jessica Smart-Gullion with TWU. She's a former infectious disease epidemiologist. She's researched SARS and swine flu. And in light of that, she's got some practical thoughts on this virus. And she's got some good news. One thing that's really important, anytime we have a new virus, especially one that seems like it's causing some mortality or some high mortality in the beginning, is to remember that, first of all, the numbers are always going to seem higher of how many people are dying or getting very, very sick from the disease because we don't know how many cases are out there that the doctors don't know about. So we'll see more than likely with this virus, just like we have in the past, the mortality rate will seem to go down because we'll find out that more people got sick, um, but not as sick. While it's scary to hear about a new virus like this and wonder what's going to happen, we also have to remember that more people die of influenza, the regular flu, than they have of coronavirus. So we kind of need to figure out how we can keep it in perspective while also staying alert. Coronavirus is spread through what's called droplet spread, which means if somebody coughs and they have coronavirus, um, the drops from the cough will fall down to the floor. So they're not hanging in the air. You're not going to be walking through clouds of coronavirus, more than likely, unless something happens that we don't know about yet. This is the exact same way that the common cold is transmitted. For most people, most of the time, when you get a cold, you actually gave it to yourself. You picked up the germs on your hands, and then your hands touched your nose, your eyes. Maybe you ate something with your hands without washing it, and you ended up giving yourself the cold. Coronavirus seems like it's being transmitted in the same way. Now, this is not the first scare we've been through. And maybe we are truly prepared for an outbreak. Because at the state level, Governor Greg Abbott says while the government has responsibilities, it really does come back to us. By and large, the general public is responding to this exactly the way they should be responding to it. They're taking it serious, but they're not panicking. If someone thinks that they may have the coronavirus, they should contact their doctor. The doctor should then contact the local health department to determine of testing should be conducted. All Texans have the ability to slow the transmission of this virus by doing simple things like washing your hands regularly, covering coughs and sneezes, and staying at home if you're sick. Additionally, communities and volunteer groups can work together to mobilize community-driven health efforts, such as sanitizing schools, churches, and other public buildings that may be highly trafficked. Practicing good personal hygiene habits 
works against other viruses, and it'll work against this one also. The Texas Department of State Health Services is the lead agency in the state's response, and Abbott says they were on this early, activating the State Medical Operations Center back on January 31st. That center responds to requests from local entities and also ensures consistent collection, tracking, and reporting of public health activities and data. The Texas Division of Emergency Management and DSHS are holding twice-weekly meetings of the Texas Emergency Management Council, which is 39 state agencies and institutions of higher education. They discuss and review state emergency planning documents and how these plans will be implemented and modified during the state's response to COVID-19. Now, also, DSHS leads daily calls with hundreds of public health authorities and public health providers across Texas to make sure the latest information is always being funneled from the state level to the local level. And one of the biggest things that DSHS Commissioner John Hellerstadt wants to point out is that this new virus can really be fought with old school methods. We call it a novel coronavirus because it hasn't circulated in human populations before, which means there's no uh, population that has a pre-existing immunity, which means that there is the potential for it to spread um, uh, very rapidly. However, we have very powerful, very effective tools to combat that, and it's exactly the kind of Again, personal hygiene, cleaning, and sanitation that we've talked about. This is what your doctor and your grandma has been telling you your entire life, and it works. So even though this is a novel virus, it's a virus like other viruses. And the kind of things we're asking people to do work against every single germ there is, including the novel coronavirus. So we need to get together and work as a team. We, as Texans, we need to show the world how it can be done, and we can vastly slow down and, and mitigate uh, the um, uh, risk to our, our communities here in Texas if we all act together. Not only is the state being vigilant, though, the concern locally in North Texas is growing. Every school district, college, transportation organization like uh, DART or one of the airports, they all came together recently to share preparedness plans. And Rocky Vaz is the director of emergency management with the city of Dallas and says first responders in the city they're going to be on the front lines in this fight. We have given protocols and procedures to all our first responders uh, on how to identify and how to respond if they come across somebody suspicious, they have a suspicion of having the COVID-19. Uh, we are looking at all our continuity of operation plans on how we would provide essential services to our residents. Uh, what does that look like if we start losing some of our workforce temporarily? Uh, because if, if this gets widespread. So contingency plans are in place. Uh, we continue to work and continue to refine those as we learn more guidance and get more guidance from CDC and for Dallas County Health and Human Services. One of the key breakthroughs has been that counties are now able to test for coronavirus without having to send tests off to the CDC. Dallas County was actually the first in Texas to be ready, and KRLD's Bailey Friday talked with Judge Clay Jenkins about being ready. It means that uh, our public will be uh, that much more safe uh, because now if we need to get a test, we can get the results back and less than 24 hours. We don't have to wait 72 hours. And, and disease detective work is just like any other detective work. You know, those first few hours count. So once we know a person has the virus, 
uh, we'll be able to uh, find the contacts of that person and keep that uh, virus from spreading into the community. Tell me what it took to get this up and running. We've increased our capacity dramatically over the last five years uh, to have the capability to be the first lab in Texas to be able to do this. Our hope is that you'll see other labs uh, shortly come online in Texas, a state lab in Austin, maybe uh, some of the other large counties. If we want to achieve what Vice President Pence was talking about, where he wants to see everyone in America that wants to have a test get one, then we're going to need a lot of private labs involved. Because when you're talking about a government lab, we only have the capability to test people that fall under the CDC guidelines for being tested. Stephen Love says he's impressed with the response as well. Dallas County, Dr. Wong has done a great job, but I got to tell you, Tarrant County, Collin County, Denton County, Kaufman County, all of the county health departments are working in a very cooperative, collaborative way. That's number one. Number two, the state has been very, very active. And the state, through some of their, what we call them the RACs, which are the different areas that work directly with first responders, work with hospitals. There's been a great coordination. The following of the protocols from the CDC, which I know we've talked about change, but as they change, the providers change how they do it. I think it's been a real cooperative spirit. So the bottom line is, while the government, uh, state, local, federal, they're, they're doing all they can. They're pumping money into it. They're communicating. They're setting up the ability to test. The key to stopping the spread really is us, you and me. But we're seeing it spread, and that's meant a big impact on some things that we really love, like our money. We have seen some wild, enormous swings in the stock market. KRLD business analyst David Johnson. Well, it means you you got to take a hard look at your portfolio and see where your exposure is and whether you're in the right things. Because what Wall Street's doing, it does in, in any in any case like this, is you try to adjust. You try to figure out, well, what are the losses going to be? We saw Southwest Airlines come out and say, you know, they're going to save a billion dollars in fuel costs. But by the same token, they're thinking revenues are going to be down two or three hundred million, you know, for the quarter. And so you try to balance it out and say, well, what is a fair price for Southwest Airlines? And we're going through all the transportation stocks that same way. But what Wall Street's trying to do is adjust just how hard are these companies going to get hit? And, and how long is it going to take to come back? And the problem is, you know, if you can tell me when this virus is going to be contained and when it's going to stop growing, then I can tell you when to go out and buy some stocks at a deeply discounted price. Yeah, travel stocks have gotten hit, yeah, pretty hard. But it's affecting businesses in other ways after several big-time businesses pulled out of South by Southwest, this that signature event in Austin ends up getting canceled. South by Southwest canceled because of coronavirus. And then you think of the ripple impact, not just for the big companies, you know, obviously the hotels, the restaurants that are not going to have people there, but what about all the little boutique companies that came along and printed up T-shirts or koozies or bought a food truck expecting to make, you know, a lot of money in a compressed period of time? But then broaden it on out right now. We need to get people back shopping again. You know, bricks and mortar has taken an enormous hit. The malls have. But if people just decide, well, you know, I think I'm just going to stay home right now until this thing kind of blows over, 
Well, I mean, they were already reeling from a fairly weak selling season, but you're going to see you're going to see them push a lot of these these companies over the edge, the smaller companies, especially. It's uh, we need to get this thing resolved. We need to get it resolved pretty soon. KRLD business analyst David Johnson, there. You know, we're coming up on the spring break travel season. Um, going to be uh, in the warmer months, doing a lot more vacationing. What if you have some travel plans soon? Well, Stephen Love says don't necessarily just cancel them outright. You know, I think looking at it from just a layman's logic, if you're going to travel and you've already booked the plans, I don't really see the problem. I mean, obviously, if you're going to go abroad and you're going to go to some of these countries where we now have travel restrictions, et cetera, then you really shouldn't go. But I think until you have confirmed cases in a certain area, you don't necessarily have to cancel those plans. We talked about South by Southwest, but what are some other places where a bunch of people gather together? Uh, what about a sporting event, right? Well, in Seattle, it's been revealed that a man who eventually tested positive for the coronavirus worked in a concession stand at a Seattle Dragons XFL game versus Dallas back on February 22nd. It's really the first big blow for sports regarding the coronavirus. And one of the most plugged-in people I know in the sports business world is Eben Novi Williams from Bloomberg. He writes about it all the time. You know, I would say it's the, this is just the tip of the iceberg. And in truth, you know, long before Seattle announced that it had a stadium worker that tested positive, Pretty much everybody in the sports world was paying attention to the virus, was thinking about what it might mean if there was an outbreak nearby, how it would protect its athletes, how it would protect its fans, how it would protect its employees. Uh, So no question, this kind of ramps up, I think, the attention a little bit more. But, you know, in my conversations with executives over the past two weeks, you know, this has been top of mind, you know, ever since, you know, maybe early February even when it became clear that this virus was going to break out of China. Well, if we're talking about Washington, uh, Spokane has some first-round games. Certainly there are big sporting events all over uh, this nation. How bad do you think it needs to get, though, to do kind of what Italy has done and play in front of empty stadiums if they play at all? You know, I think we're probably fairly close to that right now. I think the thing that, you know, again, in my conversations with, with, with folks who are running arenas and running teams, the decision that Italy made, which France and Switzerland and a number of other countries have made, which is essentially we're going to bar any public gathering with more than a thousand or five thousand people. That makes the decision very easy for sports teams here. Right. If that comes down from a state or the federal government, it's easy. There's no games happening for fans. The issue right now is that sports leagues and teams are in this kind of gray area where they need to front run what the government is saying. You know, and that makes things difficult because they know. You know, even if the NCAA were to come out tomorrow and say, listen, the first round games in Spokane for the NCAA tournament, there's not going to be any fans there. Even if that's the right thing to do, there's going to be plenty of fans, ticket holders who are going to be upset by that. Right. So they're trying to balance what's the responsible thing to do with what the outcry is going to be. And then, oh, yeah, there's also business concerns here, too. Right. There, There may be insurance. It may not be covered in situations like this. You know, what are broadcasters going to say? What are sponsors going to say? There's just so many different factors that, that are coming into play right now. Yeah, so what if we do have to start staying away from big public places and, and maybe it's recommended that you work from home or, or that you need to stay at home for a given period of time? Well, Dr. Golian says that is possible and she's got some recommendations. Sometimes public health will ask businesses or schools to close. That happened um, during the swine flu. 
when it first happened because we didn't know how bad it was going to be. So I think more than worrying about catching the disease, one thing that you can do to be proactive is to make sure that you have two weeks worth of food and supplies in your house just in case you're asked to stay home for a while to interrupt that transmission. So that's what I've been doing for myself and telling everyone that I love and care about, make sure that you have the ability to stay home if you have to, um, because if nobody in your home has coronavirus and you're at home, you're not going to get it. Coronavirus is a rapidly developing situation. We're learning more in our newsroom every day. We're finding out about new issues, new impacts almost every hour. We've got people working extremely hard to get you the latest information, so please Keep it with 1080 KRLD during this outbreak for the latest information. We've also got a page on our website that's dedicated to the latest news, krld.com slash coronavirus. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast, KRLD In-Depth, and you can do that from anywhere you get your podcasts, including the radio.com app and also online at krld.com. Just click on the podcast tab. For all of our guests and our reporters involved in this show, I'm John Little. Thank you so much for listening. You can also listen to us on the radio, 1080 a.m. for breaking news, traffic, and weather. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.